0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Yay! Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the brand new show here on the Hoop Ball Network where we are taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, and we are here today with a very, very special guest, fellow writer, podcaster for HoopBall.com, Atlanta sports fan, and I stole this right off his Twitter bio, uh, my man, who we had wonderful conversations before leading into the show, Alan Stroke. Welcome. Welcome to HoopBall Hawks. Huge Hawks fans. Uh,
1: so tell the audience about yourself and your personal fandom with this team, Alan. Oh thanks for having me on Brad. I've loved what you've been doing here um your first four episodes. Uh like, you know this it, it's been it's been really cool to see a, a Hawks presence on hoopball uh and uh you know this is this is an up and coming podcast man. I, I it's, it's it's really it's awesome to be a part of it. Uh, I
0: appreciate
1: that. I do. And uh yeah like you said I've been uh I'm I'm uh, I'm a Hawks fan. i uh, been a Hawks fan my whole life. I'm originally from Atlanta and I've lived here through college, all the way till now, um, so you know I've I've not jumped ship on any of my teams, even though they try really hard to to push me away. We're coming off of a an inexcusable Falcons loss today that we're just not gonna even. I don't even know why I brought it up right now. We're not yeah. gonna talk about that again. Uh, that was, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. It's a rough it's one. Be all right. But uh, the Hawks have always been my team. Basketball's always been my favorite sport, and uh, you know even though they haven't won anything in you know the time I've been here or really at any you know, the 50 years have been in Atlanta. You know, I, I've watched some pretty fun teams growing up with the, the Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Al Horford Hawks, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's, that's what they really got me into following like teams in general. Um, and, you know, I was a little young. I didn't, I think realize how <laughs> limited their ceiling was at the time, but <laughs> you know, they, they, I, I just, I, they were always a team with had a lot of continuity and I really liked watching You know, kind of like the same guys year after year and watching how they develop and change with each other. And it's cool that, you know, the current Hawks have built something that actually is starting to look a little bit similar. A lot of familiar faces, uh, a little more, a little identity coming together here, even though, you know, it's just, it's as fun a time as I can remember to be invested in this team. I, I certainly agree.
0: And I hope that we'll be singing the tune. It's not Christmas season yet, but. It's beginning to look a lot like playoffs. I hope that's a song that we can sing for the Hawks here in the near future. And, it, and I want to just you know, ask a couple more questions about, obviously, your ride or die fandom for yeah. the Hawks, which I, I love to see. I love to hear ride or die in fandom with the city of Atlanta because, like I said, like you said offline, we, we need more of that. We need more of that, and this is the time to invest. Uh, in the Hawks, if you're trying to buy stock in the NBA teams. And uh, I know I wanted to ask you, you know, about what was your favorite? I know you talked about one of your teams that sparked you into this fandom. But your favorite moment for the Hawks in their franchise in your time being a fan?
1: It was probably the 2010 season. That was like cause that. I remember that year we had Jamal Crawford winning six man of the year. He was fantastic. Ooh. That was probably. He, that was that was peak Joe, Josh, and Al Horford together. I'd say that team. Uh, I, I my favorite moment from that season uh, was at this game uh, against Orlando uh, in Atlanta. I, I got to go um, with my stepdad, and we saw you know closely contested game throughout. Uh, Josh Smith ended up putting a punt back dunk at the buzzer to win the game over Dwight Howard. I thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, when it happened, and I'm like, I can't believe we just saw that. Uh, that that my enthusiasm was yes. probably at an all time high there. Of course, we all know how that story ends with that Hawks team. Um, yeah, um, that was unfortunately,
0: but that that was a great moment.
1: Great, great moment. moment. Yeah, and then you know I've watched the Dominique and Bird duel on YouTube. I mean, that's probably the most iconic Hawks moment by a pretty wide margin, um, other than perhaps the 60 win team uh, beating uh, getting to the conference finals. Uh, but again, we all know how that one ended. <laughs> yeah, but yeah,
0: so it's been it's been some great moments in this franchise's history. Unfortunately, the lawyer O'Brien has continued to elude them, but been great players. Um I know being from Louisiana, we have a connection with obviously Pistol Pete Maravich spending some time with the Hawks as well. So there's been a connection from the, obviously from Louisiana to mm-hmm. the Hawks uh but shift and focus more to obviously this current roster now after talking about the big historic moments. Uh, your favorite player on the Hawks roster currently?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously you got to talk about Young burn. The, burn. <laughs> tray. Ice Ice tray Trey Young. Ice Trey. Ice Trey, man. The the most iconic Atlanta Hawk since Dominique Wilkins. I don't even think that's a debate at this point. It's really, it's just, it's those two as far as like, you know, star power in Atlanta. And yeah, you know, Trey's entering year three, but it just speaks to Just, I mean, it's, we've never had a guy like him down here. And it's just, it's crazy seeing how much command he has on the offensive side of the floor at just such this young age. And, you know, uh, he's obviously, there's a a lot riding in him in this third season. You know, he wants to get to the playoffs bad. The team is going to go as he does. Um, So I'm really, you know. I'm I'm big on him, and I'll also say this: I am really really intrigued to see what Cam Reddish does this season. I think that yes, I think that the Hawks' uh, ceiling is going at least in their current form, the way that they're currently structured, they will go as far as he can take them on the defensive side of the ball. I think that he showed some pretty impressive flashes towards the end of last season after what was a pretty rough rookie campaign. Uh, he definitely showed you know that last sort of 10 games or so after the all-star break, he really started to turn the corner and it was exciting to see. Yeah. And yeah,
0: you're absolutely right. He was hot. He started putting up some big numbers. He started to seem a lot more comfortable in this system um, on both sides of the ball, making some plays and, and Trey Young speaks for itself. So those are two very, very exciting players that, like you said, whether with this team as constructed will be great measuring sticks, especially going into this year, to see where they are with their game, respectively. Trey Young, as spectacular as he can be at a young age, and very undershadowed when you're looking at some of the other players that they're seeing because of the bubble, because of them being on TV, everyone's seeing Jamal Murray do his thing, everyone's seeing, Mm -hmm. obviously, Luka earlier in the playoffs, uh, Jokic, but... Trey, Trey Young doesn't get the credit. Obviously, he's because of the success of the team currently. But hopefully, we can change that tune soon. And uh, you, you alluded to, obviously, the comparison between Trey and Dominique as far as submitting himself as probably the best player in Hawks uh, franchise history. Where do
1: you think Trey Young can end
0: up on that list or potential?
1: So, I mean, obviously, you know, Neek is the standard bearer down here. And, and you can't you can't just give that up after two years of Young. I mean, I... I think that, you know, if what the two years are any indication of like where his floor is at, then obviously, yeah, he has a case. Uh, if he if he plays a long time down here he, and he continues to be this prolific player that he is, he he could absolutely get himself into that conversation. Uh, it's more so in terms of like marketability. Trey is probably the biggest star that we've had in, in Atlanta Hawks uniform since Neek. I mean, just yes. Uh- yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, he still got. I mean, he still has a a lot to prove, though. I mean, we shouldn't. And, and I we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves because you know right. these guys have got to get uh, above the, the hash mark on that on that fifty. They need to win more games, you know. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> before we go anointing, but no, he clearly has the potential, uh, and he and it, it's there's just an energy that comes with him. There's a swagger. That, that comes with the yes. way that he makes these plays, these, these logo threes and these nutmeg-type passes. Like, he's got flair, and he knows it. He's just got to, you know, it's about improving as a team player, obviously defensively, and, you know, he, there's, there's plenty of room for growth if he's going to make it into that conversation of all-time Hawks. Yeah, I
0: to- totally agree And both. You know, we talk about flair and showmanship. Both him and Neek have that, which is great to have, you know, both mm-hmm. of those players in conversation at the, as one of the best players in franchise history. And this is more so for context for the younger listeners or not the huge basketball enthusiasts. If you want to see some great highlights, look up Dominique Wilkins. He was amazing and mm-hmm. on par and on level with with Jordan in the league, especially for a couple of years stretch as one of the best players in the NBA at his in his time. So definitely watch some highlights and some of the young Trey Young fans may not, uh, who's jumping on this bandwagon with the Hawks may not have known about, you know, the history in Dominique. So definitely go check that out. But I definitely wanted to get your viewpoint on that as a Hawks fan. I, I mean, compared to me, a Hawks historian, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to just an interesting, you know, conversation and great context for the audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And for more context for the audience, the NBA has now settled on the date of November 18th for the draft. So we now have another domino as in the offseason schedule has fallen down to lead to obviously seeing when the next season will start. And I will say, uh, Alan, because on, on draft nights, this will be on November 18th. I will be exclusively playing Drake's November 18th song on that day. It's, it's a Drake holiday. Like, like it's just like it's a Drake day. And October is this month, so mm. if you ha and he already probably has a calendar uh, as well. Someone has a Drake calendar somewhere, so he's trying oh, to take sure. over, trying to take over Gregorian uh, calendar right now. But um, we just know that the beginning of the short off season will more likely be set soon so we're hoping to see more key dates fall into place like the start of free agency training camps and mm-hmm. the opening obviously of when they tip off the regular season for next year and hopefully that will be filled after the NBA finals and we'll be able to talk about you know free agency a little bit later in the program but I know we've had offline conversations and I know we talked about it on the program of the Giannis ATL campaign yeah. it kicked off. it kicked off last week uh, Alan kind of helped, you know, jump started for me. Say, you know what? I think I think it's time to put this out there. Time yeah. to put this out there in the world. And um, for those who may not have caught the podcast last week, uh, with the Bucks recently being bounced out of the Eastern Conference Semifinals by the Miami Heat, the talks of the big man's future in Milwaukee—if—if they—if he's going to stay, if he's going to go—have been heating up. He's been linked to several teams like Miami, Toronto, Golden State. Uh, they'll have to make a lot of moves as far as salary cap to make that happen. But those are three teams that he's been linked to. News uh-huh. of him unfollowing the organization, his teammates, the, the meeting with upper management about what they're going to do to help build a championship team in the next oncoming years. So if the Bucks were forced to trade him, they would have to give him, get value in return, obviously. They don't want to just let him walk in free agency next summer. And right now, the Hawks currently have a lot of cap space and assets that they could send to Milwaukee, including J.C., who we'll talk about more in the, later in the program, with Collins for sure to make this trade work. So I'm going to ask is, do you think Giannis is worth betting the house on? I mean, just one multiple MVPs back to back. But do you think with the assets that we have to put on the
1: table, is he worth betting the house on? Well, absolutely. He's definitely worth betting the the house on because, I mean. Giannis is a generational type of player. Uh, you, you just—it's not a matter of if, in my opinion, it's a matter of just when and where he ends up winning his first championship. He's just that level of talent. Um, and first of all, I also just want to give you a shout out because I'm pretty sure that you know, I, I, of all like the the Hawks pods or Hawks media out there, I'm think I'm pretty sure you are the first official co-signee of the. Giannis to ATL campaign is like a serious you know thing and I just want to say man and you throw me on the on the ballot with you we'll go out and get some signatures uh, yes, go door to door on this one like well I'm all for it I think that it's you know why not why not Yo, it, it, we can start canvassing <laughs> my
0: neighborhood we can, we, we can start canvassing my neighborhood yeah um, get a good deal at Kinko's and get, get the printing going because this oh absolutely we need, to spread the, we need to spread the word. And I know it, and some people may think it's a crazy take. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that I, this program is the first program to put that out there. And I want to see more Hawks programs put that out there as well. Because we need to be taken seriously, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know as crazy as it may sound for some people, if you're, you know, endorsing, you know, giving your platform to talk about it, of. Uh, honest ATL. What, what would you have to say to fans to and make it seem like, you know what, this is a reality. Atlanta could be a good fit. Uh, what are we missing here as us knowing the team more so and the culture and the fan base and the plans of what this uh, front office is doing to change the culture and narrative of this franchise? What do you say to all the naysayers of why
1: this could work? So, I mean, it makes sense if the if Gian, let's just talk about the scenario. If Giannis ends up asking for a trade. Which yeah. you know, it's you can't really telegraph right now. I think everything that you, we understand about Giannis from just an outside perspective is that he's a guy who is not trying to uh, get his way out. I mean, I'm sure he's got to be upset with the lack of success the team has had, but for all accounts, he seems to be a guy who's bought in and who is going to give the Bucks the benefit of the doubt to convince him that they he can win long term, that they can put the pieces necessary around him, so. You know, I it's tough for me to envision them wanting to go and trade Giannis unless things just go so south at the start of next season that he just like straight up asks them to be moved. And they just like, you know, I'm just I respect you all. This is just going to happen. You may as well get what you can for me. I mean, we'll see if he's that kind of player to now. It doesn't look like he is. But if that were to happen, you would have to consider the Hawks to be a team with all their cap space and assets to be in the running, uh, to you know, hop on the phone with John Horst up there, and you know, like, what could you could you offer? The Hawks could make a competitive play. Of course, they, they can't and shouldn't if Giannis obviously isn't willing to resign here. You know, like Correct. it's just we, you can't you can't just trade the farm for a rental. So it makes sense in ter- in like a vacuum that like the Hawks just have the capacity to take him on. But the the real way that you get there is to become a winning organization. you got to show next season that you have a chance to make it into the playoffs, that you can actually, you know, play some functional team defense. And just like show that potential free agents, not just Giannis, that Atlanta with Trey Young as the the focal point can be a place where you can come and thrive and win games. Um, So nothing starts until the Hawks prove that to Giannis. Or to anyone that they're a winning organization, I would say I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, and like you said, in a dream
0: sense, it, it it could definitely make sense. But we have to continue to make strides and make decisions mm-hmm. to make ourselves attractive and say, hey, we're doing things like you said to win now. And maybe if Milwaukee made a huge blunder and they just couldn't get it done, and he's a free agent 2021, and maybe the Hawks do some things this year to position themselves even better to maybe get closer and closer to the Eastern Conference playoffs with whatever they do with the draft pick, trades, all the cap space for free agency. And then from there, make yourself attractive for the 2021 free agency market that includes Giannis, if something, obviously, if they don't get a deal in Milwaukee and other players, which we will talk about even later on in the program. So you're absolutely right. Uh, We need to position ourselves now. We need to make ourselves ready now if we want to be attractive Uh, market for Giannis
1: or other players uh, that could be available out there and it's just it'll be interesting to see you know how players around the league would view playing with Trey Young as an attractive option like a guy to to team up with to win some games because you know how the league works nowadays it's not I mean yeah obviously market plays a big role in attracting free agents, but these guys want to team up with with fellow superstars they want to play with guys who can maximize their 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 chances at winning championships and trey young you know he hasn't he needs to show that he can lead lend to winning basketball because on paper you know a guy who can stretch the floor from <laughs> all the way to half court and yes. can get all of his teammates involved like there you theoretically you could assume, you would think that this is a guy that dudes would want to play with particularly with Giannis, i mean you know if we're just like talking dream scenarios here Trey Young and Giannis cover up each other's weaknesses to like the maximum degree, right? Yes. Like they like you. You pair those two together, and you don't have you know, you you are making up for the two deficits there. It's like picky in the brain. It's like picky in the brain to be
0: honest. Yeah. Like not to say one is game is like dumbed down quote unquote than the other, but they both were an interesting dichotomy that put together they got stuff done. And I think you're right, them together could get stuff done, especially if they continue to fill out other parts of their rosters. And we talked offline about a you know a, a primary bench, you know, playmaker score. Like little things like that. They need to continue to make inroads into molding this team into an attractive roster with Trey Young, like you said, at the centerpiece to say, hey, Come to Atlanta, yeah. Welcome to Atlanta, where the players play. And we, we ride on things like every day, every day, every day. But they gotta win, but they got like you said, you gotta win games. And with Capella coming back now, healthy, the Hawks will finally get to see exactly what they truly have on the court. And you mentioned, you know, Reddish, and some of the videos coming up, coming out uh, on social media of his work off season, as well as DeAndre Hunter. We see that they're working on their games in the gym and the lab, which is great. So, so we'll see what the Hawks actually have uh, on the court, hopefully this year. So this off season leading into that, it's, it's already exciting with the roster itself right currently instru- uh, constructed. And they have some decisions to make of if they're going to bring some players back and free agency mm-hmm. and, and draft, but it's just a very, very exciting time. As you mentioned at the beginning of the program to buy into this, buy into this franchise with the, the sky's the limit, you know, possibility. I mean, for them and their success going forward so it's just
1: man man yeah. you, you, you you picked a good
0: one to ride or die with alan
1: oh i'm hoping i mean it's a, it, there's a lot of hurt to make up for but i'm hoping that these guys can start on that and you know don't get me wrong i'm not saying like these guys are really fun to to root for in their own right you know it's like john collins is, is i think one of the more underrated offensive big men Yes. In the entire league. And if he can improve in a couple of facets, I mean, like he could become I mean, he could become incredibly dangerous on the offensive end. Uh, And then, you know, like just the youth with Cam and Hunter seeing how they can develop in year two. There's a lot to be optimistic about. I mean, you don't have to shoot for the stars to envision this team making some some noise towards a playoff run. Like you don't necessarily you know, need to go land all stars right away to make this work. You can still keep building with what we have here. Um, so, but I mean, obviously, in Giannis's case, that's just the kind of guy who, yeah, you do trade pretty much anyone outside trade for. But that's not that's not deep analysis, right there. You don't need <laughs> you, don't, you don't need our opinions to make to, to know that that's a that's a good move. Yeah, So, Giannis.
0: Just want to put it in the cosmos, but some very, very interesting points made as far as to the current landscape of this roster and what realistically they have to do. And so we'll move on to what the Hawks need to do uh, next year as far as free agency um, or later in the program. But first, a plug for ExpressVPN. We all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? I mean, I dabbled a little bit, but... After learning about ExpressVPN, I had to see what's up. It has taken my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are available in other countries. Man, this past weekend, I used an ExpressVPN to rewatch one of the dopest shows ever, Prison Break. It's only available in UK, which, which is tragic for me. But you know what? It's simple. I just fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location to the UK, refreshed Netflix, and BAM! I got to watch prison break in my boy Scofield. That man is a mastermind. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want the sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. You love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and away. You get it, Dragon Marzi? Anyway, it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason why I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows. And, it's, and the streaming is ridiculously fast. Ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. And you can stream it in HD with no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phone, media, consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. It does not matter. So if you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash That's, again, expressvpn.com slash You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free so support the show, watch what you want to watch, and protect yourself at ExpressVPN.com/hoopball. Now, time to talk about some moves you would love to see the Hawks make this upcoming offseason. So we we briefly mentioned free agency. I know on this program we talked about a lot of trade scenarios in earlier episodes to figure out, and that's the direction you know me and my expertise and my thought process. I think that the franchise should go, but. I know we talked about some other potential targets on the previous episodes like Davis Bertans, but Alan, I want to see what free agents that are out there for this offseason that you think that the Hawks should be eyeing, uh, should be looking at to help, help propel them a little bit closer to the Eastern conference playoffs.
1: Well, so yeah, this is definitely, you know, the Hawks are going to have to make some additions this off season. And you know, this is a team that really does need everything to be honest. Like that's just, the one area that we might have locked up for right now is, like the, is the center position. But even then, you know, there, there are plenty of holes across the roster to fill. I think first and foremost, this team needs to really add a, a, another perimeter defender. Someone. Yes. You, they, need, they need so. The, Capella could be the answer down low. But it's so essential for a team that has Trey Young on the floor for 35 minutes a night to have two guys on the wing who can guard the two best perimeter players in the opposing team. You know, Trey, I know he's been work- he's working hard on his defense for this offseason, and he'll never be the kind of guy who you could even hope to be, like, close to. It. Like, I mean, he might get to be an average defender one day in terms of just, like, you know, the right spots to be on the floor, but he's just at a disadvantage out there. You need yeah. other guys to be able to, to help out. Cam Reddish at the moment is the only competent wing defender that I feel comfortable with out there. Deandre Hunter's got that potential, but you know, we saw him, you know, we we didn't really see what we thought we would out of him last season. And it also looks like that his future in the league is going to be more oriented towards the four than, you know, guarding guards and such. So I think you really got to think of who's uh, who you could add right now to, to help in that area. And there's some restricted free agents on the market who I think would actually help a lot. Um, the, the top one probably being D. Anthony Melton coming out of Memphis. Uh, I like you know, he's had two. He ha, he's had a, he had a really strong season for them last year, and I'm sure that there's going to be you know the Grizzlies are going to be keen on matching offers for him. But I, I think the what he can offer you as a defender on, on the perimeter, the fact that he can work as a secondary ball handler, uh, <laughs> is pretty good, and he has potential to grow as a three-point shooter as well. He just sort of brings everything to the table that you would hope for at that two-spot to, to pair alongside Trey. Um, so, you know, I, I like... It, you know, the Hawks have got a lot of cap space, and, you know, maybe they, they... It wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to try and flex some of it and, and see if you yeah. can get yourself a, a young guy who's on the same timeline as the guys you currently have at, at a position of need. And Melton, he, he's particularly the, the defense and the ball handling those are two areas of de- dire need for this hawks team that he could step in right away and provide immediate upgrades to
0: and i, and I really i really love that take i really love that take because i know with some of the draft picks obviously running a segment of if the hawks actually keep d6 pick uh, i've looked at you know combo guards that at the two could play the three that are ball handlers and can be really good defenders to, like you said, cover some of the defensive efficiency in Trey Young's game um, in that backcourt for the Hawks. Very really interesting take. I didn't think about him, but now when you when you say that and you put that out in the open, I see that working. I see that working, especially if they can, you know, get the right deal for him and still have enough cap space to get other players in free agency. Because I w- I wouldn't I would assume he's not going to command. Large a sum of money so that it, it can have a, a little bit of more money to play around with with other free agents and that may shift their focus if they're able to get him and they make that a priority this offseason at mm-hmm. number six. And look at some of the other players, or even shop that pick up or down for someone who would most likely would want to take that pick. So, any other restricted free agent that you find interesting um, at mm-hmm. this point? Before we dive into
1: some of the rumor targets that have been out there in media for the Hawks. Yeah, well, so I mean, along the side, sort of the same you know line of thinking. There are other there are two other guys out there actually from the same team who in the restricted free agency market that. Could work next to Trey Young, maybe not as well as Melton, but um, definitely are intriguing for similar reasons Chris Dunn from chicago he 's on the market this year and he was one of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league this past season i don 't think that's hyperbole to say uh, yeah. he was yeah he, he really and it was re- and he had a weird season too because you know he was sort of in the doghouse uh, with jim Boylan in the Chica- in Chicago heading into the year i mean he was there's rumors about him being shot the year before and you know they brought in Thomas Thomas Saderanski and drafted Kobe White. It just seemed like that they had lost confidence in Dunn to be their their guy. Of course, he ended up actually playing a lot of small forward for them this year and was really one of their. I mean, he was one of their better players on the season. Um, but there's him and and there's his teammate who didn't get as much play and it's probably not as exciting. But uh, Shaquille Harrison is an under the radar guy yes. who oh yes big 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 guard almost a wing but with some point guard skills. That you know, he th- those are two guys that are going to be out there uh, uh, on the market, and I know that sh- that Reinsdorf and the Bulls have talked about how they they they're facing a little bit of money issues on that side. So I'm curious if one of those two could potentially be easy to get, um, if just like you know cash considerations come into play, and you just like you know the Bulls are just got to make a choice because they are there's a little bit of redundancy with them. Obviously, Dunn is much more accomplished. NBA player Harrison you only get to really see in small spurts but the metrics on him are, are pretty positive and I, I do think that you know he of those three I just listed he's like the lesser uh you know he's probably on the bottom of the list of those three that you'd want to go after but I think there's a world in which he could be attainable and he it would be interesting to see what he would do with more minutes with the, the intangibles that he could bring. Um, and then real quick, uh, the, the, the other aspect, because I, I've listed a few guys that are on the same timeline age-wise as the other Hawks, but you know, getting vets in here is, should also be a priority, probably number two, behind better perimeter defense. Yes, and you can combine yes. those two, obviously. Uh, a guy that's going to be out there who has really blossomed late in his career, uh, former Hawk Justin Holliday, is going to be out on the market. I think that he should be someone that the Hawks take a serious look at. There is three and D uh, potential. Um, I, I think that he could really help in a lot of different. Uh, I mean, just you need more shooting, and more perimeter defense. It's that simple. And holiday would be a terrific guy to bring off your bench uh, and help out with that. And the last one, and I don't know how attainable it is, but it's, it's certainly plausible that he, he'll be out on a new team next year. Another former Hawk, Paul Millsap going to be out there mm-hmm. on the free agent market again. I don't know if he's looking for a starting gig. Um, I'm sure he is. I don't know who's willing to offer it out there, but if he decides that he wants to go back to a familiar place, cause I don't think he and the Hawks left on bad terms. I know that they didn't offer him a new contract when he was a free agent, uh, all the way back in 2016. But yeah. Uh, but you know, I think it was also understood where the Hawks were at that point in time. It was time to blow things up and Millsap wanted to contend for championships. Still. Um, I don't know if he's – that's still the mindset. I don't know if he'd be willing, but if the Hawks were to offer him a lucrative one-year deal to come in here and play some backup four and five, he'd be – I mean, he'd be terrific. He, he would be yeah. – I mean, the, yes, the, yes. The, the leadership and the defense would be great to, to have back on this team. And, and I know on my past program, we met, I mentioned in
0: an interview with Collins uh, with Hoop Rumors about – Collins saying that they need a veteran presence since VC is gone to give them some guidance to teach them how to be constant professional who's been in the league. Mm-hmm. They know how to work, they know how to, you know, game in, game out, what's to put in your body, routines and workouts to make them game ready, game in and game out. That's what this young team is missing, some guidance now with the roster currently constructed. So very interesting take on both of those former Hawks. And I really like the Justin Holiday uh, take, especially since like I said he's starting to carve his niche in his place in the league uh, after it was a little bit uncertain, but he's been playing very well. And he's somebody, you know, is going to play hard regardless. Now the stats may not show it, but his impact on the floor, he's always playing hard. Every time he steps on that court, similar to obviously his brothers in the league, especially the one down in uh, Nola drew, uh, they're just known to just like that's just embedded in their DNA. So I, I love those takes. I love those takes. And uh, they I've definitely seen those in media as well. And some of the other free agent targets that have been put out by media has been for the Hawks. Joe Harris has been out there. A lot of people are wondering, should they get into the battle to pay him? And I know with Davis Bertin out there on the market, I know that they have at least two of those shooter types, uh, shooter type forwards that they can bring onto the roster to boost three point shooting, which is desperately needed outside of Trey Young and Collins, who shot at 40, over 40% last year. So to add some more shooting to the roster, I know Van Fleet is a free agent. Uh, that would be very interesting if we can get the money. But no, knowing him, I can see him staying in Toronto. Uh, Bogdan, uh, Bogdanovich for the Kings who they really love. And I would assume that they're going to resign Malik Beasley up in Minnesota who had obviously left the Nuggets and now he's played really great for that Timberwolves team. I'm sure they would love to resign him, but I don't know if they have the money to do it. And then two Hawks players that were on the roster last year, uh, Trevion Graham and Teague. Uh, where do you stand on either of those uh, being welcomed back to the Hawks
1: roster? Um. You know, I, 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 have, I respect Teague a lot. I mean, it was cool seeing him come back through Atlanta. Um, but I don't know if I'm all that interested in bringing him back into the fold. I mean, if it's at a reasonable price, uh, sure. But, you know, I, he, I, for the backup point guard situation, you know, I, I'm looking to just maybe add a little bit of someone who, someone who can play a little more attuned to the Hawks pace. Uh, Jeff Teague is a very slow-it-down kind of point guard, and it's nice to, to have those kinds of players and mix and match how fast and, and loose you play on, on teams. But it just, it just never felt like that he was the best fit um, with this exact team, which is a very run-and-gun style of play. Um, I don't know. It's just he... Uh, it, if the price is right, then sure, because he is a competent backup point guard for sure. Um, but I, 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 I might look elsewhere that position and Travion graham while he showed like you know instances here and there uh, i wouldn't consider him to be a, an offseason priority in re-signing and bring it back into the fold yeah i know both of those were
0: questions coming into the off-season obviously you want as much money as you can spend and if you can get some of the players that you have mentioned and some of the uh, players that were linked to the hawks of and other media outlets that you would rather pr- Cash the money there because it's new, it's exciting, they both they fit needs better to your team. Then I don't think either of those players help any of the needs that are currently, um, that need to be addressed currently for the Hawks. So mm-hmm. I think moving on from those players will probably be the best thing to do. And like I said, maybe you, you get a couple players in free agency this year, see what the current roster constructed, see what you have. And then next year, there's some very interesting free agent uh, targets next year. We mentioned Giannis. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some other ones that we mentioned online. uh, Restricted, but Jason Tatum, I imagine the Celtics are going to sign him long-term, but he is a restricted uh, free agent next year. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is a free agent next year. I know he's been mentioned in some trade talks for the Nets this offseason to try to get some value um, with Steve Nash coming in at the helm there, and you have KD. KD. And Kyrie back. So, Dinwiddie may be the odd one out because I know they like Levert. So, he's a free agent next year. Monty Morris, guard for the Nuggets. Will Barton have the player option next year. Oladiko is on the fence. Uh, he could be there. The duo in L.A., depending on what happens after their fallout this year. Uh, Drew Holiday, if he's not traded before then. There's a host of... Uh, next players, I call it like a liquidation sale. Everything must go. They have a host of players uh, that could fill a roster. Uh, I don't particularly want them on our roster, but just put that out there for the audience. Uh, Josh Richardson uh, for the 76ers has a player option. Kelly Oubre is a free agent next year. Patty Mills, long-standing professional, could play the one or two. Good three-point shooter uh, from the Spurs. He's a free agent. Uh, restricted free agent OG Ananobi. I imagine Toronto would want to keep him, but interesting names out there. And one interesting name that I told Alan before the, before we started recording, I want to put this in the Cosmo. Lemon pepper Lou is a free agent next year, depending on what happens with the Clippers next season. After this debacle, I would, I just want to put out there. I would love for lemon pepper Lou to end his career here, home in Atlanta. I just want to put that out there. If the money's right, he wants to end it here. the, The roster looks favorable. You pay him in his career here. You have a bench score who could come in, play, make some and get his own bucket to help this team, depending on what that roster looks like at that time. So I just want to put it out there. Lemon <laughs> Pepper Lou, come on home in your career here. Now, now, how
1: would you feel? About it? Like, Alan, we'll name a, we'll name we'll name another set of uh, order for wings after him. Like, we'll, maybe we'll give him his own set of chains on Magic City. Like, we could really sweeten the pot on that one. Bring him home. Uh, like you know, he would be a great fit off the bench, like you said. We need uh, just a scoring punch, uh, at really any capacity there. And you know, Lou has proven that he could contribute. Well, I mean, up until the 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 embarrassing playoff loss, seemed to be uh, uh, looking like a guy who contribute to winning basketball. Um, yeah, he looked a, looked a little rough on defense out there um, at the end of that Nuggets series. But to, to just speak to your great your, your the, the, the your greater point is that, that next season free agency is. Way more interesting than this one, and oh, yeah. I do. I think that any moves that you guys, that the Hawks make this season, have to have that in mind. They have an advantage with all the cap space they have now. We all know that the cap situation is about to get pretty wonky in the league, and you want to. I think you, that you, you, it yourself to maintain that flexibility next off season, especially if on the off chance to circle back to the Giannis conversation that we were having. If somehow the Bucks just you know, they get, they get it to free agency. They don't re-sign him. They don't trade him. And Giannis is just like, yeah, you know what? This isn't it for me. I'm going to go elsewhere. you just sign out right with another team. <laughs> the Hawks the yeah. Hawks would like to have the space to compete for that because you plug him in with everyone that the Hawks have now. They don't have to give anyone up for him. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that that's probably the best team in the Eastern Conference. Giannis yeah, it's Trey not a It's not a yeah. stretch. Yeah,
0: it's not a, so, it's not a
1: stretch. And that's a reason, too, where I'm a little wary of going after some of the bigger names that are being reported right now, like Joe Harris and uh, Dawes Just These are dudes who are going to command a lot of money, just because they, they I mean, like, like not to discount either player, they're both terrific shooters, especially who have an insane shooting season. Yes. But you've got to be wary about just tying up too much money to them uh, this year. And you know that agents are going to be hounding the Hawks, a team with a lot of cap space. Uh, they they want to use the Hawks leverage to bump their guys' price tag up. They're going you're gonna see a lot of rumors. Uh, like I've seen I've seen this point made by a few uh, you know a few people covering the team that they're, they're gonna see a lot of people linked to the Hawks free agency because of that that leverage situation. They they want agents want teams to know that if they're not willing to pay their guy, well they have this option down here in Atlanta with all the cap space and need to improve everywhere on the roster. Um, so you know we should all. I'm hoping that Schlenk makes the right call here and, and chooses to save the cap space for next season, especially if the Hawks can, be, can put together some winning basketball and actually look like an attractive option for some of the better guys who will be in that free agent class.
0: I, def- I definitely agree. And, uh, and you mentioned, obviously, rumors will continue to circulate, linking people to us. And you know how we feel about rumors here. I heard. I heard. <laughs> Just get deep down in my soul, but um, funny. I love how you mentioned the salary cap issue. As far as obviously the loss of revenue that happened this year and it being in flux, because that's going to play a big decision on on John Collins, who I've said on this program I would it, in any stretch, even though he would be used as a trade bargain um, or a starting point in a trade if they want to upgrade the roster. Now I've already said that I would. I it would be a mistake to let him go, especially because he was a top. 15 players as far as offense efficiency last year improved in every aspect in his game he needs to continue to improve on the defensive end um, and little things. But I think with Capella coming onto the roster now and being healthy, I think it may ultimately make him a better defensive player uh, because of how great of a defensive player that uh, Capella is. But as far as re-signing him with salary cap issues, how how do you feel about this? Do we, do we resign them? I and you know the Hawks' history of not keeping players who are owed their you know j- just desserts as far as money. And coming into that, when you have Trey Young on your roster as well, and all of this possibility, do you do you sign? Do you resign Collins? Do you wait till next offseason before free agency? Will you try to get a d- deal done
1: this year, or do you trade him? Like how, where are you on this with as far as JC? So I get the Hawks apprehension um, about giving him an extension like right now or as soon as possible. And I believe right before, it was almost like a couple of days before the league shut down, uh, Chris Kirshner out of the athletic he reported as such that the Hawks at their current point, they, they didn't know which way to, they were. They, they just weren't ready to commit basically is what you get out of that report. They were a little uneasy about devoting significant money to Collins. And you can understand just because uh, John Collins has, in Trey, like the time that they've shared the floor together is not what you would have hoped for. Two years into this, like they're between Collins' suspension and injury bouts, uh, both that Trey had and that he's had. Um, you know, like these, you just don't really know what you have between these two, which is crazy, but to to think about because, but it's true. I mean, they, they, I think that I can't remember, but like I think Trey Collins and Herder barely uh, were all, have been on the floor for half of their games together as Atlanta Hawks players. So you can't commit to bit to Collins until you can see what these guys are capable of when all healthy and, you know, record wise, it's clear that when Collins and Trey are on the floor at the same time, this is just a better team than what the final record has indicated over the past couple of seasons. But, you know, you just, you owe it to yourselves to be, just be smart and pragmatic to just, get better to get a larger sample size before you you know you, cap space is a valuable thing and when you can't really mess up these years with trey young where you still got him on the cheap you'll never get him this cheap again you want to make sure right. that you're putting your your cap space to use in the best way possible because this is a guy if you get the right pieces around him you can see the formula for winning basketball like yeah so and you know it, it, none of this is to discredit collins because like i mean i've said it already on the podcast like here he's He's incredibly gifted offensively, and I think that, that three-point shooting that we saw out of him last season is real. I don't think that the Hawks yes. just invested in Capella, uh, a guy who's going to be in the paint all the time, if they didn't think that Collins could spend uh, a decent chunk of his time on the perimeter, keep that lane clear for Trey to continue to drive and kick out or, fin- or finish with his floaters. like You know you need that uh, as part of the Trey Young formula. So they, they have to believe that what they saw out of him is real and can be sustainable. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, you know, 40%, it's going to be tough to beat. But if you're getting anywhere close to that from your four position, you've got a really, really dangerous offensive weapon. And, and I think that the points you just made,
0: sign Keep them here, and like you said, I think it was a statistic that said that when Trey and Collins are on the floor together, they play close to five hundred ball. And if you're playing yeah. five hundred ball in the East, you're in you're in the playoffs. Whether it's six, seven, eight, you're battling for the lower half of the Eastern Conference playoffs, which is where you want to be to continue to set yourself up, obviously mm-hmm. for next year. If they can stay on the court together and see how this roster plays out. Hey, going into free agency next year, it, they look a lot more attractive if they're a playoff team with the roster currently constructed, and it makes it definitely an easier sell for them to say, "Hey, we want to make, we want to put in roots down in at ATL." Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and Collins could totally be a part of that uh, that whole thing if he can stay healthy, if he can, you know, cont- if he can, if the Hawks can get to five hundred ball and he's on the floor for a majority of those games or all of those games, then you could feel a little more comfortable about signing him on long-term, especially with how the fit with he and Capella work out. I mean, it's going to be a real critical season to see, you know, if Collins can continue to sustain himself as this just sort of five-tool offensive threat. Um, It'd be interesting to see if he could add even more facets to his game. Like, I don't know, like if he could become a better passer. You know, passing big Ben is in vogue right now in the league with Jokic and uh, at a bio and Draymond before those two, like winning teams have guys who can uh, who have big guys who can dish and get others involved. And if Collins can improve upon that, that's another area because that's another area that, you know, he could continue to go up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Alex, yeah. He, it, he, a
0: perfect fit here. Yeah. It, and I think that's the area that the entire Hawks team can improve. Uh, like you mm-hmm. said, like I said in the earlier pod, you know, with Trey young averaging nine assists, a game with the next person behind him, is maybe at four last year assist. Uh, you want more people sharing the ball, getting more ball movement, because that's ultimately going to make everybody else better. And that it comes with uh, Capella being there, Collins on the wing, spacing can be improved a little bit, so hopefully they can get more open looks. And so the offense is more efficient as well. And hopefully, like you said, we as he's great on the offensive side of the ball, he can get better on the defensive end, especially if he's going to be out towards the perimeter more, work on perimeter defense, lateral foot speed. uh, So you're covering people from the three-point line all the way to the paint. And I think it just makes the team better. Uh, So work on his defensive efficiency. And Mm -hmm. we know how efficient uh, defensively Capella is when healthy. Uh, Like I said, let's just see what we have, make ourselves look attractive for years to come, especially with free agency next
1: year being hot.
0: (laughs) Like Gunner and Young Thug, but I want to take the time right now to thank you, Alan, for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure. I I just I I can't I can't say enough how great it was having uh, a true Hawks fan here on the program
1: today. Man, it was a great time. Thanks for having me on. I hope to do more of these going forward, and you know, keep doing your thing, man. This has really been a a pleasure to listen to you uh, on the on these first few episodes you've had. I mean. You know, it's, it's cool seeing Hoopball expanding their team coverage division the way that they are. And you've definitely been a plus. I mean, like, this is this – is, oh. if you're a Hawks fan, this needs to be in your rotation, everyone. This is, this is a, a, an informative and entertaining show. So it's, it's a pleasure to be a part of that. Yeah, put it in rotation-like future. Let's talk about it. It's
0: another rotation – <laughs> we can't talk about it in this program, but put it in rotation until the audience. Right. Uh, well, the other things. To tell the audience some of the other things you're working on here at Hoopball, and how they can connect with you, Hawks fans, Hoopball fans. How can they connect with you personally, Alan?
1: So y'all can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Alan Srochi. A L A N S R O C H I. I'm heading towards the end of uh, a hiatus from the writing and, and podcasting side over here at Hoopball. But once I, you know, get to these next couple of months work wise, I'm going to go back to doing some stuff with the site and uh, I'll be able to I'm going to be taking part into some uh, some some fantasy draft analysis for basketball once we get closer to that regular season start. So I'll be hopefully helping up on the draft guide and helping y'all with advice on Twitter like I did back in the season and hopefully talk to some more Hawks over here. Well, we are definitely going to have you on the program and back again um, as a true Hawk
0: savant. And my hand, I'm rubbing my hands right now like Birdman because I love fantasy basketball, and I just can't wait for the Nuggets that you going to drop on us. Nuggets, just like the Nuggets dropping on us uh, here in the Western J- Conference. Jamal Murray on you. He's going to go Jamal Murray on to push the numbers <laughs> up and definitely yeah. control the narrative of you guys' team like Jokic controls that offense. Uh, so I want to say, guys, if you loved what you heard today, Give us five star, like I hope your Uber passenger rating is, which I'm still trying to figure out why I have a 4.91. I want to know what happened, what did I do wrong. But anyway, yeah. that's besides. Who did point. it? Yeah, who did it? But, but that's the point. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts. Follow us here at Hoop Ball Hawks at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter, and follow myself. Brad Jarrett67, that's J-A-R-R-E-T-T 67. And let me give the Yanni's a quick Yr as we close this program.